Hello, colleagues, and welcome to another Five for Friday episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Today's shout out goes to I Am Blandin, who kindly reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts, saying the following Thank you! Exclamation point. I'm so close to completing my journey on becoming an administrator. Thank you so much for this treasure trove of valuable information. Keep up the good work. And thank you, I am Blandin, or maybe Blandin. Your review and words mean a lot. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. We are all on a leadership journey. Every day, we have a chance to grow. Every day, we have a chance to help others grow. My goal and the goal of this podcast is to help you grow into being a strategic leader, a leader who puts people before purpose, who solves problems instead of treating symptoms, and who understands the difference between progress and action. Through this podcast, my daily email and virtual programs, I'm working to build a network of inspired and inspiring school leaders. Let's get started on today's adventure and this unique opportunity to learn to live and lead better. Today's episode of Five for Friday recaps the strategic leadership emails for the week of October 9th through 13th. And this week we dove into one of my favorite themes, ideas, not sure what to call them, but I refer to them as the three epiphanies. And these are three big ahas that I've had over about a 10 year period that really have changed the way I look at leadership. I began on Monday by talking about urgent leadership. And we know urgent leaders put tasks before people, right? They focus on the checklist and the to-do list and move through the day thinking about the tasks and the things that they need to get done. So tasks before people. Secondly, they prioritize what's urgent over what's important. So that goes back to this idea of the Eisenhower matrix and quadrant one being important and urgent, quadrant three, urgent, but not important. And what happens with urgent leaders is as they move through their day, taking care of those really important quadrant one things, they focus on the urgent part of that. And so then when other tasks pop up in front of them, they're already in urgent mode. So they jump in, even though those tasks may not be as important as other things, such as going and working with teachers, checking in with your first year teacher, your early career teachers, doing an observation, having a five minute coaching conversation, right? So urgent leaders don't do that because they're focused on what's urgent as opposed to what's important. They're trying to manage their time instead of manage their priorities. They also treat symptoms instead of identifying problems because when I'm on the move, when everything's crazy and it's fast and I'm treating the stuff that pops up, I don't have time to ask why. So kid lands in my office, we just follow whatever the procedure is for the punishment. We have some kind of a scheduling snafu and I just work to fix the, the snafu without actually digging down into looking at symptoms of what happened. 
And finally, while we're in that urgent mode, we mistake action for progress. We think as long as we're doing something, then we're doing the right thing, right? We're making things better. But that's not actually true, especially if we're treating symptoms and not problems. At the end of the day, we really haven't made things better. So long-winded explanation, sorry. <laughs> urgent leaders put tasks before people, prioritize what's urgent over what's important, treat symptoms instead of identifying problems, and mistake action for progress. So we need to understand urgent leadership in order to really appreciate the three epiphanies. Because once you understand those three epiphanies, it will become really challenging to just stay content in urgent leadership. The three epiphanies should be like a needle in your brain that keeps poking and says, you can't stay here. You need to get out of the urgent leadership mode. And the three epiphanies actually give you a little bit of insight into not only why you need to do that, but how you might do that. So the first epiphany happened when I had a conversation with an elementary school principal. I was there supervising a principal intern and sat down. We had a conversation. And at the end of the conversation, I asked her, hey, how many, how many hours do you do you put in to work? And I, I asked that question a lot of principals that I, I met and assistant principals. And she said about 40 hours a week, 45 hours a week. And I nearly fell out of my chair because the hour, the, the answers I had been getting were, you know, 50 hours a week, 55 hours a week, 60 hours a week. Do I ever leave work? Probably can relate to some of that. And I looked at her and I said, well, how do you get all of that done? How do you get everything done? And she looked at me and she said, well, I can't get everything done, but what doesn't get done will be there tomorrow. So the first epiphany is there is not enough time to do everything. You cannot get everything done. Now, once you accept that, that no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be able to get everything done. That leads to the second epiphany. If there's not enough time, then I can choose what gets done and not done. This to me is incredibly powerful because when I just look at all of the stuff and I let this stuff drive me, when I'm in urgent mode, I feel like I'm trapped and I don't have choice. But when I step back and I realize not everything is going to get done, then I also should realize that that means I get to choose. Now, a lot of times you'll feel like there's no choice, but there's always a choice. More importantly, there are lots of places where we really do have freedom and latitude to make choices about what we're doing. One of the reasons it may feel like we don't have choice is because many times we're not intentional about making the choices, right? When we're urgent in urgent leadership, we are reacting. And so it's like whack-a-mole and um, something pops up and we try to whack it because that's what we're supposed to do. If you embrace this idea of choice, then what we have to do is to move from reacting to being intentional and thinking, making intentional decisions about, am I going to do this right now? Am I going to do this today? And if I'm going to do this and I can't do everything, what am I not going to do? 
And maybe that's actually the secret is not just focusing on making the decision about what to do, but making the decision about what not to do. And that leads us to epiphany three, which I find really, really challenging because it forces me to confront the fact that I don't always behave in the way that I think I want to behave. So the third epiphany is that what I choose to do and not do reflects my values. So if I choose to spend a whole bunch of extra time making a super nice PowerPoint and I choose not to check in with my first year teacher and just see how everything's going, or I choose not to go into her classroom and just observe so that we can have deeper conversations about what's going on. If I choose the PowerPoint and I choose not working with her, that says something about my values. And the problem is, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, when we're not intentional, when we're just reacting, there's nothing demanding for us to get to that teacher unless the classroom's burning down, right? There's not a huge demand. So we get caught up in doing those other things and we're doing things that really don't reflect our values. So for example, there are many times where I skip my morning movement or I don't go out and do my afternoon walk. And it's not because I don't have time. It's because I choose to use that time in a different way. Now, sometimes maybe using that time is inescapable because there's some huge project that just really has to get done. So I need to work longer into the afternoon and I can't get out and do my walk. Two weeks ago when I was working on editing my book, I wanted to get it out to some reviewers. So I just was really hyper-focused on that. And that's okay. The thing is I made an intentional choice about not going out and walking because I had to get that book done. But there are many other times where, I don't know, I'm doing piddly stuff. I'm looking at email or I get sucked into reading some article, which is a valuable article, but it's not the priority. And so then I have to step back and think, wait a minute, if I chose to do these things instead of going out and getting my hike in, can I really say that I value my health? If I'm not cooking meals correctly and eating garbage food because I'm air quotes too busy, I can't say, oh, I value my health. I value taking care of myself, right? There's, there's a collision there between my actions and my values. And I think that's really critical for that third epiphany that we understand that because it starts to hold us accountable for what we're doing. And I can't use the excuse of I'm too busy because it's not, a, I can't get everything done anyway, right? We're all too busy. So I get to choose what I do. I get to choose whether I'm going to invest 10 or 15 minutes in the morning, just moving. I get to choose whether I'm going to invest 60 or 90 minutes taking a walk in the woods by my house, or am I going to spend that time on email, right? I have the choice. And the problem is when we're caught up in urgency, we make the choice by default. We just neglect it and we're unintentional. And that's what I hope the three epiphanies does for you is that it takes you from a reactive mode 
to being more intentional and that when you're not intentional, you're able to go back and think about, wait a minute, did I act on my values today? And so you have this kind of form of built-in accountability. So embracing the three epiphanies is a foundational step for moving from managing time to managing your priorities. Now, making intentional choices does not guarantee that you'll be strategic, but it is a prerequisite for becoming a strategic leader. So I encourage you to look back at your week and think about the things that you completed, but also then the things that you didn't do. Did you get into those classrooms? Did you have conversations with teachers? Were you able to make investments of time in identifying root problems and then coming up with incremental changes that could improve the situation? Or were you running around and playing whack-a-mole? And so think about what was done, what wasn't done, and then what that says about your values. Be critical about where you had choice. Did you really need to rush off and do X instead of getting into that classroom or having that conversation with the teacher? Okay, that's it. That's this week's Five for Friday rendition of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Thank you for including me on your leadership journey. I look forward to seeing you again next Tuesday when we feature my interview with Michelle Mattoon. We take a practical look at how to run a meeting. This is one of those episodes you'll want to follow up on because Michelle has some great tips and tools for you. Please remember to subscribe and rate this podcast. You can find out more about me at frederickbuskey.com. I love getting feedback, so please consider sending me an email or connecting with me on LinkedIn. My email is frederick at frederickbuskey.com. LinkedIn, just type in my name. I'll pop up. Of course, all those links are also in the show notes. I'm Frederick Buskey, and thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Oh, and it's Friday the 13th, so be careful out there. Cheers. Mm -hmm.